I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illennials Podcast. I am Smith. I'm Seth. Hello and I'll da ist der Enzige Mr. Movies, Ben. Which, of course, is German for hello, everyone. This is the one and only Mr. Movies, Ben. So Asuka would feel right at home listening mm-hmm. to this. Yeah, fun fact, the person that she was on the phone with in this episode we're about to talk about, that was me. Wow, we did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I did that when I was three years old. Wow, I guess they didn't really (laughs) need much performance. No, Um, not at all. (laughs) Yeah, that was impressive work for three year old for sure. Especially playing her her stepmother. That's Mm -hmm. that's impressive right there. Yeah, they just kind of held the little uh, cord, uh, the curly cord phone up to my head and just told me to make noise. (laughs) That's what we do for this podcast, really. Yeah, true. (laughs) <laughs> this is another cold open, but not even really a cold open because they don't. There's no intro at all. I was about one. to say, episode twenty-two is the worst episode of Evangelion ever <laughs> because they completely didn't do the intro at all, which means I was taken out of the experience entirely. Well, as mentioned before, this is during the the phase of the, of the the production where they had no time and no money, so they were just having to cram everything in that they could in, in episodes as fast as possible. Yeah, the the pace and, in these episodes now is breakneck, especially the mm. last episode we're talking about today. Holy shit, yeah. was that thing was like a movie? Like that should have been like mm. maybe two hours of footage, probably. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why they made those movies later on. Where they, yeah. they told the story in movie form. I wonder if that was why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. These, these last couple of episodes, they've kind of felt like the first hour of the Rise of Skywalker, but only if even that was still good. <laughs> I, I get what you mean, actually. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we start off with Asuka, you know, begging thinking that she's Kaji to treat treat her as an adult, and says she's ready to, to do kissing and the stuff that comes <laughs> after that. Um, which clearly means she's not ready for that stuff because she mm. does not even really know what it is. Mm-hmm. And remember that the way she phrased that, by the way, that, that'll be important uh, later on. Um, but we get to see sort of the fact that her mom in the past, well, went crazy at a certain point in her, in her life, had a psychotic break. And in response, apparently her dad fucked the doctor. Yep. Mm. Yep. He had Christopher Eccleston <laughs> on a wall, just plowing him. Okay. Well, you chose that. You chose that. That's what Doctor Lee. So there's that. I guess Christopher Eccleston famously played the Doctor on Doctor Who at some point. So he's called Doctor Who, I believe. Well, That's his full Christian name. Oh no! Oh no! 
Mike Smith. Why are there, why are there pitchforks in your camera, your screen right now? <laughs> oh no! Shit! The British are coming! The British are coming! <laughs> Look at all those sonic screwdrivers. And then we also learn that her mother's name was Kyoko. It says it in Japanese in the in the gravestone in the, in the film, but I'm going to say it the way it's supposed to be said in American style. Uh, Kyoko Zeppelin Soryu, which is what a name, folks. That's yeah, like one of the hardest names. <laughs> Having Zeppelin in your name, pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Seth, so can I recommend an anime to you called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? You um, cannot. Because everyone else already has. <laughs> and I watched like okay. the first season and was not impressed. Um, you fool. Yeah, you know, it's not, not for me. I, I see the appeal. Not for me. <laughs> I like it. Just like my recommendation quota has been filled. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot add on to that. Uh, so, yeah, um, her mom goes her mom. When her mom goes crazy, she also um, she starts to refer to Asuka as that girl over there rather mm-hmm. than, you know, her daughter. Um, so kind of shows. It's your first the the doll she's holding is Oscar. Yeah, she calls the doll Oscar, which and one thing I'll point out a couple times. But ever since we see this episode, you start to notice Oscar use the word doll a lot more. She starts referring Mm -hmm. to things she doesn't like as dolls a lot. Um, Which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And so after we see that, um, we cut back to the present, and we see Unit Two and Unit Zero are being repaired, and. Just unit unit two lost both arms and its head. Like holy shit! Yeah. And Asuka's sink rate is at an all time low. Mm-hmm. And they're they're talking about mass producing Avas now. Yeah, they want to do mm-hmm. um, units five through thirteen. Uh, I think are the ones they they discuss. This is um secret information that Katsuraki is getting from. The dude. Six or thirteen. Six, oh yeah. Five was the one that Shinji had yeah. to kill, and four disappeared. Yeah. Um. Um. And they're saying that it's the, never... the possibility of multiple angel attacks all at once. They want to have them like located in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because according to their models, there's only two left. Yes, they have that weird so, other prediction. So this is obviously kind of like a lot of this is like and luckily you know Katsuraki's finding this out because she's the one who in the last batch was just like wait a minute what are they going to do once all these angels are gone and also it's really funny to even imply that it's for multiple attacks because at this point the angels really only want to do one thing that we know of mm-hmm. so it's like why would mm-hmm. you even predict that the attacks are going to happen in different ways it's it's a very weird uh, you know ploy yeah but I mean like I, I don't think the public is really aware of that though Ben I want to know what the public is aware of. One thing this show is missing is just one guy out there somewhere who's just like, who just, he gets the regular news and knows just enough as an average person. I want to see what goes on in his head about this whole, all this stuff that's going on. Yeah. I mean, at this point, do they even know that there have been like giant, basically kaiju attacks on the city? You know? Like, Tokyo and Preview will know, obviously. They live yeah. through it. They see it. But do they tell? Like, do, does, does the internet, like, what's going on? Like, I want to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would I know here in Georgia in 2015? What would I yeah. know what's happening in Japan? Yeah. If I lived through the second impact somehow, uh, I want to know what's <laughs> going on. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. What's, what's your average CNN watcher hearing about the angels? Do they know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, I bet you the, Fo- the Fox News people know. <laughs> I bet you they know. Yeah. 
Can you imagine this world's Alex Jones? Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the Fox News people will be sending in citizen militias to Japan to really figure out, <laughs> to solve the problem. And they would, you mm -hmm. know, wash ashore, pissing themselves immediately. Could you imagine like a Tucker Carlson talking about like angel attacks in Japan? Yeah. Again, guys, bad branding says don't call them angels. It gives the evangelicals too much. We can't yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta call them a different name. Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it would work them. for them or against them because the angels are, from what, from what most people can tell, trying to destroy humanity in some way, shape, or form. So then. Right. Either the evangelicals have to become incredibly radicalized and be like, well, this is okay, this is what God wants. He wants us all to die, and then maybe they'd have their their whole thing going on. Or they would have to denounce they would or the one the evangelicals in America would denounce Japan and be like, oh, Japan's calling these guys angels because they hate Christianity. Mm -hmm. That's that, fair. That one seems more likely, Sadly, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget the UN's involved. So all the, the goddamn United Nations, you know, the the, the devil worshippers or whatever, calling yeah. them angels. Of course they would. The blue helmet people. <laughs> um, it is really funny, though, because you think about it, like, it, after the whole second impact thing and the world got basically destroyed and everything went to shit, and now the United Nations is in control of all kinds of stuff, it's like, what? Does anyone give a shit what Americans think anymore? Like, apparently, apparently the UN now tells us what to do, so yeah. do we matter at all? Mm -hmm. Gendo does not seem to think that America really matters. Every time America comes up, Gendo is just like, that won't be a problem. Just don't worry <laughs> about it. That won't be an issue. A whole nerve branch disappeared in our country, and our response is apparently. Ugh. Yeah. You'd be honest, it <laughs> happens more than you think. <laughs> they weren't doing anything important anyway. Who cares? Yeah. That'd be a good alternate show. Nerve America. What was going on over here the whole time? <laughs> yeah. The story of the guys who fucked up and lost that, that, that Ava and their entire base. Yeah. What mm -hmm. happened to them? It's like, what if they made a documentary about the bench players on the NBA championship team? You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> that's what those guys are up to the whole time. It's even, it's even worse. It's not the guys who were on injury reserve. Yeah, that's true. Like, this guy fucking yeah, they were broke the, his ankle. They were at the hotel watching games live. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you weren't even in the stadium. Yeah. You haven't spoken to a guy on the team in six months. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> also, I want to point out Ben was absolutely right because we go back to Misato's apartment and we don't. There's no jaunty music anymore. No, nope. it's, it's gone. Mm -mm. It's done for. Yeah, just replaced with awkward silence and sound of chewing. Yep. Ben got what he wanted. The best song on the yep. soundtrack has been removed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you monster! <laughs> How could you? Well, I should say that the song that used to play over the credits in this, in this uh, show was uh, Fly Me to the Moon. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But Netflix, for some reason, couldn't get the rights to that, so they replaced it with some other shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a little sad song, kind of. Well, I mean, I will say, like, around this point, the music they play now in the credits is, like, really ominous. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it does, it oh, does yeah. change, uh, I think, an episode or so ago. Um, yeah, like, it. it's not the worst. Like, it could have been way worse, but knowing that it used to be fly me to the moon like that was the one thing i knew about evangelion coming in was like, i knew that i didn't know in what context but i knew that there was some connection between the show and that song so at first like i i just at one point i just kind of looked up evangelion fly me to the moon and it's like oh i thought they were just playing frank sinatra during the credits <laughs> yeah so you, i didn't know that they they had a cover and everything but yeah. like 
So Ben's two connections to the show were Fly Me to the Moon and uh, Shinji Crank That Soldier Boy. Yeah, your two connections before you started watching. Frank Sinatra and Soldier Boy were my two, two mate. bookends of uh, the yeah. musical spectrum. You know. Yeah. You can call them contemporaries, actually, across time. Yeah. Um, so uh, they get a phone call. It's Oscar's stepmother, and the German in this show sounds authentic, very real. I do want to say before when he when Shinji answers the phone. First of all, she refuses to answer the phone. It's like, just let stupid idiot Shinji do it. And then once he answers it and is just talking for two seconds, she she says, and I quote, who's he trying to, or who's he trying to impress acting all composed? It's like, <laughs> you're mad that he's composed after you, he, he did a task you told him to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be mad about it, but if you, I knew Shinji, I would be like, man, this guy's walking around acting like he's all normal and shit. Well, yeah. you then you and Oscar have a lot in common because that was a, th- a theme for the next couple episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So also, she talks to her mom, and then we just this is an awkward cut back to Shinji standing there. I'm like, was he there the whole time? Yeah, just <laughs> listening. How long was this conversation? She says it was short, but there's not there's not really a short conversation I can think of that will be okay to stand and listen to. <laughs> I mean, he you know? didn't understand the language, so he's kind of just standing in a place, really. You know, well, would have been even well, would have been even funnier if it's like in the window behind her. It was like sunlight, and then by the time it was over, it was completely dark. <laughs> That'd be a good time. <laughs> you know, Seth. Though, but you think about it, that, that is most of what Shinji does is standing somewhere and existing. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, I feel that. <laughs> but um, one thing I noticed I in this scene, and maybe I'm just reading too far in the show because I've seen it too many times. It's- but and but I do I do think this is part of it. So when when she starts speaking in German, Shinji's like, "Oh wow, she's so she's like he says some along the lines of like she's so different when she's speaking German or whatever." And then like you said, we see him like watching the phone conversation, and they have Asuka you know framed right in front of him. And I don't know. For me, it seemed like he was he had a bit of a physical attraction, kind of the way you do when you see someone in a different context, which you're normally you know too. You know, like if he's like. For example, this is, I'm not saying something's happened to me. This is going to be a weird example. You know, like you see a teacher outside of school and you're like, mm-hmm. this person has a, this person a different, this is a different person now. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Shinji's seeing her in a different way and he's like, mate, wait, is Asuka like attractive now? And it's just mm-hmm. all that's going through his head the whole time. That's what I, that's what I read into the scene this time. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Kind of like how when a when a girl wearing glasses takes them off for the first time, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, she was You're hot Linda the entire Cardellini? time. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> From Scooby Doo, two monsters unleashed. No way. <laughs> oh my god, your Shaggy Rogers and girl form after drinking the potion. No way. <laughs> are you are you Gal Gadot? <laughs> what? <laughs> Same same concept, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> we get some real psychopath shit here, too, because Asuka is mad about everything that's happening in her life right now, and she goes to take a bath. Well, wait a minute. She throws the water out of this One second. Oh, Before we sorry. get that, there is an incredible conversation after she's done where Shinji's like, he's over here like, I really I envy the fact that you can have a casual conversation with your parents, because obviously mm. that's something he doesn't get to have. And then Asuka's just like, it's stupid, idiot. Who wants to have conversations <laughs> with their... Stupid stepmom, you fucking nerd. 
And it's like, mm-hmm. Shinji was being genuine. He doesn't get to have that with his dad, obviously. And he's just trying to be like, hey, this is kind of cool that you have this. And Asuka has, yeah. has, was having none of it. Well, I mean, to be fair, Asuka was being genuine for a little bit. And then she was like, wait, why am I telling you all yeah. this? She's like, yeah. why, am I, why am I being so nice to you, idiot Shinji? <laughs> um, yeah, her, her, she ping pongs back and forth so fast uh, in her reactions because, hey, hey, she's a teenage girl. All right. Mm-hmm. Everybody. All, yeah. <clears throat> all these folks who are like, it's all the folks who hate Skylar White and Breaking Bad. They hate, they hate uh, Asuka. And I'm like, guys, she's a teenage girl. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. She's a teenage boy. He's also a fucking idiot, too. That's teenagers yeah. are idiots. Yeah. If people act as if you were to like write down everything they did in a day, it would be completely logical and there would be yeah. no inconsistencies. Um, uh, but, no. but yeah, she goes to let, let, let the bathwater out. Goes, I don't want to use the same water that idiot Shinji and Katsuragi did. And I'm like, wait, do y'all reuse the bathwater? <laughs> Are y'all taking baths in para in sequence? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Bathing in each other's juices. Ugh. Ugh. And Ugh. she she does she curses like the water, the air, the whatever. She kept every time she curses something, she has to say idiot Shinji. She, and she cannot actually on the very last curse she does change and just say Shinji but it is funny how she just like no matter no matter what she will take the time to say the extra syllables of idiot Shinji mm-hmm. yeah I'm pretty sure in the original Japanese she kept calling him Baka Shinji all the time <laughs> to the point where it, beca- it became sort of like the, the fan nickname for their interactions was Asuka and, and ba- Baka Shinji that's very funny <laughs> that's great so yeah, after that, um, she has a mental breakdown. Yeah, she starts screaming about how she hates everyone, including herself. And then she's back in the sink tube. Sorry, the the entry plug for the the Ava. And Katsuragi's like, she's on her period. And I'm like, damn, Katsuragi, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Why you gotta tell everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Putting her business out there. Yeah, and the best- Why does the goon squad gotta know? And the best part is like in this scene. Asuka, Katsuragi, Ritsuko, everyone is on edge. They're like, it's like everyone has like, they're they're just on the end of their wire. They haven't had a cigarette, you know. They're just like everyone for the whole collection of episodes up until the end. Yep. Really, everyone is just mad. Anything sets them off, and it's it's the, the tension is you can feel it so much in every scene. Mm-hmm. And then also Katsuragi calls out Ritsuko for being a cat lady. Yep. <laughs> Please don't go home to my filthy cats like you. And I'm like, okay, calm, calm down. Calm yeah. down, cats, Rocky. Let's not say things we can't take back. I think she says at least not someone who substitutes cats for humans or something like that. And I'm like, damn, that is oof. cold. Yeah. Oof. Big oof. And then we get the one of those famous scenes in the whole anime, which is the silent elevator ride mm-hmm. with Asuka and Ray. Yep. Ray offers and a little bit of advice, and Asuka, this- she snaps immediately. Like I said, everyone is so on edge. Ray says one thing, Asuka flies off the handle. Well, the conversation goes from zero to a hundred instantaneously, because Ray is like, her quote is, an Ava will not respond unless you open your heart to it. Yeah. What a crazy thing to say to somebody, just out of nowhere, for two minutes of silence in an elevator. Mm-hmm. And of course... Asuka blows up at her, but it's like, God damn, everybody, calm down. Yeah. Yep. And in this scene, she calls her Ava a doll, 
and she calls Ray a clockwork doll. So mm-hmm. just to um, make a callback. And uh, it, this scene gets so heated that Asuka has to, she, she gives the, the five finger discount to Ray and just slaps her in the elevator. <laughs> I, for a second, I thought we were going to get like Ray actually showing a little bit of emotion and maybe standing up for herself a little bit when at some, at just, she was like, I'm not a doll. But then she was like, oh, but like if, uh, if, uh, what's his name? Genji? What's his name? No, Shinji's Gendo? dad. Oh, Gendo. Gendo. Yeah, Gendo. Sorry, that just completely left my mind. Is it, if Gendo uh, told you to kill yourself, you would uh, Would you do it? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I probably yeah, would. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I'd do it again. Also, Asuka says, why does a weapon need to have a mind of its own anyway? And I'm like, interesting question. Mm-hmm. You got a point. You know? Uh, honestly, point. Angel attacks out of nowhere. There you go. And Katsuragi is like, we're going to send in Ray. She's going to take point. Asuka, you support her. And Asuka's like, fuck no, launch. And she <laughs> launches? And I'm like, wait, why do the pilots have that authority? I thought that y'all would control that. It seems like there's different levels. Because there is, like, Shinji, they have kind of under lockdown. Like, he he doesn't have the ability mm-hmm. to just say, oh, I'm going to go. They have some kind of restraints on him. But I guess if you're, like, at least going to be deployed for action, you can just give yourself the go-ahead. So, mm. I don't know. And so we have an angel up in outer space. It's yeah. too far away to be like hit a big by anything. Light polygon guy. Yeah. The closest thing to an actual angel so far that we've seen, really, like the wings and all that, kind mm-hmm. of Until the evokes next an angelic. Well, yeah. And then um, it hits Asuka with a beam, and we hear the Ode to Joy start. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Mm. Um. And yeah, it, uh, this show forever changed how I heard that song. By the really? way, really, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the angel decides to administer psychological warfare on Asuka. Mm. And if there is anything that these Ava pilots are less prepared for than psychological warfare, speak up now, because every one of them is completely fucked up in the head. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it does not take long for Asuka to complete to kind of shut down because of all the all the stuff going on in her brain now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call it psychological contamination, um, <clears throat> which is pretty fucking scary sounding when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. And Asuka starts saying some things in this in this scene that are truly disturbing to hear, like, stop it, don't come into me, don't violate my heart. And it's pretty fucking rough mm-hmm. when, you, when you look at it. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough to watch. Yeah. I should also point out that this batch of episodes is where the show pretty much stops being funny in any way, shape, or form. We've been mentioning yeah. that the show is very funny, and it is, but this is where the show decides to just throw all that shit out the window. And it is, it's grim from here on out, really. Mm-hmm. It's depressing. The only funny thing is that Asuka still has to say idiot Shinji. That is the only funny mm-hmm. thing left. Yeah. And so Ray tries to snipe the angel. She can't. It's too far away. It's out of her effective range. And the angel was trying to understand the human mind. By the way, Asuka, bad place to start. Yep. Yeah. We see the German words Nine Todd appear on the screen a couple of times. Um, do y'all know what Todd means? Todd. Todd. Yes. T-O-D in German. You know what it means? No. No. Death. No. Ah. Oh. So nine Todd, no death. Um, did you did you hear what happened to Greg? 
he totted. Um, like he did it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, he did. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he totted right in front of me. It was crazy. Asuka uh, forced herself to grow up very fast, it turns out, to avoid dealing with her mother's suicide, which she saw happen, which is yeah. pretty fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also, in this, for kid to see. in this um, loop going on her head, basically she keeps seeing herself saying a couple of phrases and going through it, um, and she starts to say, that's not me. And it's because, and maybe, I'm not sure if I'm hearing it wrong or if this is a Netflix thing, but I think that for some of the um, lines, they change her voice actress with some of the other female voice actresses from the cast, like Katsuragi. And um, I know I heard Katsuragi and I think Ritsuko. I don't know if I heard Ray Ayanami's yep. actress. You do hear Ray. You do? And yeah. you also hear that brown haired girl from the Goon Squad. Oh, she's in okay. there as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got to listen to it again. I just didn't, I couldn't recognize Ray's at first. But yeah, I guess she's in. That makes sense. Yeah, that was all on purpose. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Apparently in the uh, like the original dub they do the same thing like it's the it's the same way all the way through like even in the original Japanese they switch out the yep. voice actors for that part because she's she's seeing herself with other women around her yeah. and comparing herself to them mm-hmm. the angel is forcing her to confront herself basically yeah and it's a very raw scene like it, it's it's tough like it really is tough to watch mm-hmm. yeah Asuka Asuka gets it rough uh, these next few episodes like it's you're not used to seeing her. It, in this state so when it happens it's like it's jarring because you never really expect a character like this to kind of be in a situation like this yeah and also it's funny we something we forgot to mention when she deploys herself is that ritzko is so done with her that she basically just goes ahead and says let's find a replacement she's like asuka is not going to live through this one let's go ahead and start lining people up to to meet the new, new children and it's like it's just crazy how far she's fallen because she you know Asuka was supposed to be the overachiever, does everything right, not as resigned mentally as Rei Ayanami, but still like kind of confident. And she's just fallen to this point where everyone's just like, okay, donezo. Mm-hmm. And the Ode to Joy is still going the whole time. And yeah. then uh, at one point, Asuka says that she says, my heart has been defiled. I'm soiled. Ugh. And she calls out to Kaji for help. Because it's a rape scene, like this, it's a psychological rape scene that's happening. Yeah, and it, it, it truly once once that clicks with you, you kind of feel dirty watching it. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's fucked up. TV tropes yeah. actually has this episode listed under mind rape um, mm. because of what happens. Because watching a fourteen year old girl basically get mentally violated by yeah. an alien from outer space, and it's fucked up. Yeah, and there is a moment where. Shinji offers. He's like, "Hey, I can you know, you don't want I can go out there and do it." And as soon as they find out it's psychological warfare, everyone is like, "Shinji, do not move a muscle, okay? You stay right there, you sir. Stay, okay? Put the cuffs back we'll on. We'll put Katsuragi out there with no suit before we put you out there. Okay? Katsuragi, her little pistol. Yeah. We don't need another weaving a story three, you know. Right. (laughs) We don't. We don't need to go through all that again. What else can you possibly explore in your mind at this point? But it's okay because we have our secret ace in the hole: the spear of Longinus. Spear of Longinus. They're fine. Gendo's like, let's fucking use it. Um, they're like, hey, Sile won't like that, and he's like, "Eh, okay. 
Yeah. I keep calling it the, the Lance of Longinus because it was the, it was a plot device in Constantine. If you don't remember that movie very well, the that spear was was stolen by Nazis and uh, and then made its way into his whole world. And Nazis are always stealing <sighs> shit. It's important to know. people, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but, th- but this spear of Longinus did not pierce the side of Jesus unless Jesus was seven hundred fucking feet tall. Because the thing that that Ray goes down and gets out of out of that monster yeah. is gigantic. Mm-hmm. And for all we know, it's also, in the, world, the mythos of Evangelion, Jesus was 700 foot tall. Well, again, you gotta understand, when Anna wrote this 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 whole stuff, he was just looking at the Bible and being like, yeah, that sounds fucking weird. Let's put that in there. Like, Adam and fucking yeah. the angels, sure. He had no shit. He doesn't need to know shit. It's, it's all good. He just flipped to a random page and was like, huh. Mm-hmm. Longinus, the, you say. Because <laughs> the spear she pulls out is like this big red two-pronged it doesn't even make any fucking sense to what it looks like yeah. it's like barely even a spear and she goes up to the top of the service to unleash it on this angel and when she goes to get it Katsuragi's like hey hold on wouldn't that risk causing the second impact or the third impact if she touched if she made contact with Adam and Gendo's like nah it's all good and so Katsuragi's like well okay then what are we what happened really then because that's the story you told us right mm-hmm. <laughs> and when she pulls the spear out by the way we should note that the malformed bottom half of Adam suddenly turns into legs again mm-hmm. and stops producing little bitty bunches of legs. Yeah. yeah. It looks kind of freaky. Mm. Oh, did it look kind of freaky, Seth? The giant pasty white creature with the mask on with the seven eyes? That look, that look kind of freaky to you? Yeah, the mask mostly was the scary part. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> yeah, why would it need to wear a mask? <laughs> that is what I'm saying, Ben. Is that the only part of it that's ugly that it wants to cover up? Like, what about the rest of it? <laughs> just really, it has like a it has like a birthmark, and it's like I'm just really self conscious mm. about this. It's a phantom. I didn't. I didn't. It's a phantom of the opera situation. I didn't expect Ben to come on here body shaming the angels, but all right, here we are. Well, I mean, or, I'm sorry. Just look at it, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I call. Man. I call it like I see it. Yeah. So Foyunsky is against this idea. He says it's going to get too much heat on him. And Gendo says you cannot, you can't, you cannot turn back the clock, but you can move it forward. Mm. Um, yeah. In reference to Zaley, they have some kind of this. This this spear is important to them for some reason, and doing this is going to piss them yeah. off. To which Foyunsky says you're looking for excuses, not reasons. Because obviously Gendo is trying to trying to get rid of this thing for some reason. Also, does it bother anyone how they say Seelay 500 different ways every episode? Yeah. Seelay, Zelay, Zeal. I've heard Seal, Selay at one point, or Selay at one mm-hmm. point, Zelay. It's like, guys, this, we should be able to agree on how this agency is said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. And then Ray in Unit Zero fucking throws it in one of the coolest scenes of the it's whole very, fucking very show. Cool. Mm-hmm. The clouds get fucking they yeah. get torn asunder. It's so good. And so it pierces the AT field. Uh, kind of right. And then it itself kind of fucking kind of opens up and almost has mm-hmm. some kind of almost looks like organic matter at some point. It just shoots itself even more far forward, goes through the angel, and then is stuck in orbit um, mm-hmm. for however long. I have a- I have a question for the two of you, actually, because y'all have not seen into Evangelion or anything. Sure. What do y'all think the Spear of Longinus is? What do I hmm. think it is? That is... Where where did it come from? 
Where did it go? Why is afraid of it? Where did you come <laughs> we from? We know where Kata it went. Joe. Right. Um, where where did it come from? Why is afraid of it? Mm. Theories, please. I'm thinking maybe somehow it appeared uh, during the second impact because yeah. I know that when that when we showed it happening, we saw like that weird like Eva like Ava shaped uh, bright light silhouette come out. Like maybe it was either a part of it or if it, or it was like a utility that he had or or it had with him. And they kind of just put two and two together after that, but I, I, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I might, I do I do imagine it had to have come into their possession around the time of the second impact. Um, but how it how it got there and into Adam and all that stuff got built around all of it, or not even really built around all of it, just there is all a question mark in my head, really. And so, why does Gendo want to get rid of it? Any ideas on that front? I feel like Gendo, I don't I don't have anything specific, but I feel like Gendo wants to get rid of it because it will do something harmful to his overall plan. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want Sile uh, to win in any way over his mm. plan. Yeah. Not sure what specifically I, it can do for him, but... Yeah, I feel like both Gendo and Sile, they both have nefarious plans, but they're both two completely different plans uh, that don't coincide with each other. Uh, but I don't know what, I mean, obviously he wants to, he's been wanting to get rid of it because that would, that would put a damper on whatever he has planned. And he's just kind of been looking for a reason to get it out of there. But I I don't, I don't know. Okay. Well, the speaker ends up in, in lunar orbit and I want you both to remember that because it's going to be very relevant at a certain point. Remember that the speaker is in lunar orbit. Okay. Got it. He's just floating out there in space. We also see a pretty cool early use of CG uh, in anime when it's when it's floating through space. That's a CG actually shot. Oh, that's oh really? Oh, I didn't. I didn't even notice. Because it's apparently very fucking hard to animate that. I, uh, from what I understand, mm-hmm. and so they were like, "Yeah, we'll use CG and we'll we'll heavily shade over it with, our, with animation." You know, and so it, it looks good. Yeah. It looks really good. Speaking of uh, animated things that turn out to be easier, just CG'd. Apparently, back when Dragon Ball Z was being made, all the little black dots on Cell on uh, was were just so difficult for the animators to animate that like uh, when spoiler alert if you haven't seen Dragon Ball Super or Superhero uh, basically like when you see like Cell or like other versions of Cell throughout that the whole reason that movie is CG is because the animators did not want to hand animate all of those dots on Cell again so it's like we're not doing this you got you, this whole thing's got to be CG I'm sorry. Hey man, I understand. Mm-hmm. As as so, it sounds difficult. Yeah, so like uh, it's funny. Like some a lot of things we take for granted that look simple turns out to not be simple at all, and it's actually just a huge burden to people. So it's like it'd be easier if we could just computer animate this. Asuka hates being saved by Ray. That's her last sort of like sentiment in this episode. Yeah, Asuka is on her. Uh, in in modern terms, she's on her villain arc right now. She is just she hates everything, everybody, including herself. And she says that exact sentence over and over throughout these three episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that, Seth. Um, Me too. But also forgot to mention it. Title episode Netflix title was "Staying Human." Original Japanese title "Don't Be." <laughs> kind of they kind of work together in a way. I felt their yeah. conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
any more thoughts on episode uh, 22 before we move on folks uh it's 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 depressing uh, it's yeah. it i mean regardless of how you feel about a character like asuka just watching someone who's just so naturally confident and herself just slowly get torn down and i mean uh, the angel played a big part in that but also she was already kind of on a spiral on her own anyway so just seeing a character like that pretty much break herself down and then just having more added on top of it like even if you were somebody that did not like this character at all you gotta feel for her by this point yeah I think when people talk about Evangelion, you know, people, one of the first things I tell you, people who've already seen the show is, like, oh, it's depressing. And this part of the show is what, they, is what they're really talking about. There's not, it's not the first depressing thing that's ever happened by a mile, but this stuff, this episode and the stuff that starts happening from here on out just compounds. The, like I said, there's no more comedy. All the levity is gone. Everything is very dire. Um, and this episode really starts that off. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's good storytelling, but goddamn, is it hard to watch, honestly. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is that everything's getting worse with the characters, but victory is approaching. This is the second to last angel. We should be almost done. Humanity should be almost safe. So why is everything getting darker for everybody? You know? Yeah. So it's really, it's really cool. Uh, uh, parallel. I like that. Mm-hmm. Episode twenty-three. Uh, Netflix title Tears. Tears. But the original Japanese title, which is a better title, is Ray 3. Ray the Third. Yes. Ray Chipwrecked. There we go. <laughs> Ray Awakening. Ray Awakening. <laughs> I just thought the idea of, an, of a really Southern person being like, oh yeah, Ray. Ray Ayanami. I know her. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> I remember Ray Ayanami. Big Ray? Yeah. <laughs> Down at Ray's place? Yeah. <laughs> She'll serve you. Owner operator? <laughs> She'll serve you the best bacon cheeseburger you've had this side of the Mississippi. I'll tell you what. Okay. I'll tell you what. Let's imagine Ray Anami making a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> Would you like onions on that? Crispy or fried? Well, you go in the back and what you would see is a bunch of them doing it. And he'd be, be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ray's Ayanamis are back here. Fuck. Ray's <laughs> Anyways, Katsuragi's at home listening to Kaji's last message on repeat because mm-hmm. she's in a depressive mode as well. Yeah, she's going through it. She's She's been listening to, like, Frank Ocean music. She is sad. <laughs> she's... And yeah, she's just she's fucking not not only sad, she's fucking depressed. And it's it's the kind of depression that just has her her head's just like fucking on the table, just listening to this voicemail over and over. It's once again depressing imagery. Mm-hmm. We find out Asuka won't come home. Yeah, Asuka and for is a second living everyone's dream. She's playing video games all day, all night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for a second you're worried, but then it's like, oh no, she's playing Seca at the class yeah. rep's house. Mm-hmm. There's some guys watching this like, what do you mean? That's like a perfectly normal life. What are you talking about? She's sitting there. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, hey, she's, honestly, uh, kind of healthy to me. Really seems like a, Goals. she's thriving, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's moisturized. She's thriving. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. playing fucking Sega video games. It's great. Yeah. Sega. Se- sorry, Sega. Right. <laughs> uh, we, by the way, something happens here that we need to talk about real quick. Because okay. it happened before I didn't say anything about it. They cut down to the geo front underground in the big spherical chamber with the lake in the middle and there's a fucking warship (laughs) 
How did they get down there? How did they get a warship down in this lake? They assembled it, it, it down there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, had to. It took a wrong turn. <laughs> At Albuquerque. At Albuquerque, yeah. There's a guy with a, one of those sonars, and he's like, guys, this is not where we're supposed to be. Fuck. Ooh, you. The water <laughs> is orange. This is not good. <laughs> I'm going to get you fired over job. this. You did your job so poorly. You ended up in an underground secret cavern. Cool. <laughs> gotcha. So, anyways, uh, what happened? Oh, Risco's cat died. Yes, mm-hmm. her her grandma, mm-hmm. the one that she left with her grandma, um, has died. And we also find out that she has not visited her mother's grave in three years. She's like, oh, I should probably do that at some point. Maybe, maybe when all this angel shit's done with. I'll have mm-hmm. some extra time on my hands. Yeah. Hopefully her grave is still there, yeah. you know, Hopefully considering everything. Yeah. We see Sele grilling Gendo about his, his shit. Adam, we find out. Well, we basically, if you don't, if, if he wasn't fixed together yet, Adam was the source of the Avas. They were pulling them out of that, the bottom part, those legs. They were pulling them out of there, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um... Also, one of the questions that Sale or Sale or Zeo, what the fuck they say, asks Gendo is, "Are you going to betray us?" <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. Was he going to say yes? <laughs> we got you. We got yeah. you. I knew it. <laughs> they all start high fiving. We did it, boys. We. Fu- yeah. I, I told yeah. you last week. I told you he was going to betray us. I knew it. But but it's, it's slowly. It's just the- Gendo moves his hand and he's like, <laughs> he's crossing his fingers. Cross fingers. <laughs> Or he, do, he just does that and flips time. him off. It's like, ha <laughs> My favorite part about this is now we're hearing more of the C- of the Sealy voices. And one of them, I swear to Christ, sounds like, you know, like a southern country lawyer. Kind of? Like, you know, yep. the spear of Longinus is, uh, it's up in orbit, uh, circling the earth, <laughs> never to return. It's like, all right, Benoit. Was Benoit Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking at first. I was like, Jesus Christ. You cut behind it and it's just Foghorn Leghorn back there. It's like <laughs> the, re- the reveal all along. I say, I say, I say, these Avas need to be dealt with pronto. These Avas are like a sandwich and we're, we are the bread. <laughs> the pilots are the salami. Um, <laughs> these meetings are like the community theater's production of a tax return. <laughs> uh, we get we get into the angel fight really quickly here uh, because Ray yeah. is forced to step up pretty pretty soon uh, at this point to go fight it, and it's this weird like light snake thing. It is a, well, the first thing we see is it as a halo, as yeah, like yeah, an yeah. actual angel's halo. So at first you assume mm-hmm. it's some kind of circular light monster, but then you realize they can actually just it's just two things. It was just attached at one end, and it can just pretty much make whatever shape it wants, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I, I guess it was like a cost-saving measure because these last two angels have just basically been light silhouettes. Yeah. You don't actually see their full bodies. They're like, can you just They're make the next guy's more... like a shape, maybe? And he's like, yeah. oh, I guess. They're getting more abstract as we go along. Yeah. And so the Unit Zero starts getting infiltrated by the angel. Um, and Ray gets to have her own existential crisis, which is not really that much of one because there's not a lot of Ray to have a crisis yeah. mm-hmm. technically there is a lot of ray true um, true there is one scene during this where it's uh there's two rays they're in the 
what's the liquid called? The LCL liquid? LCL. LCL, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like one of them is kneeling down in it and the other one's like floating above. With the, It's like a red sky with the orange fluid. It is one of those striking images from this this bat. Not the most striking image from this batch of episodes. We're going to get there. But definitely one of the most striking images. And I was, I had actually paused once like I was like, this just looks, I mean, what's going on? It's pretty fucked up. But this shot is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so we find out the angel's trying to make first contact with a human. And again, poor choice. Mm-hmm. Really, really can't pick them, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, you know what? Let me handle it next time, angels. Let me quarterback for y'all because I, I can figure it out. Yeah. 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 Literally anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben. yeah. yeah. Dude, go for Ben. Yeah, I got it. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> Infiltrate Ben. He, he's, he's very human. He'll tell y'all you need to know about us. Oh, I'm so human. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of this. You feel very strong. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of this. Don't worry. The angel's like, we don't learn, we didn't learn much about humanity, but we know a lot about professional wrestling. Yeah. And, and hear me out. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. He told us about this one dude named Katsuyori Shibata, who apparently is just like a legend in what you call Japan. Yeah. Mm. We go back to the moon and confer. We watch some fucking bootleg <laughs> Japanese wrestling. Man, John Cena really did get really good around 2015, 2016. This is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the prime time for some of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> we find out that Ray's heart is full of sadness and Aww. they de- really? deploy Shinji. <laughs> They're like, all right, Shinji, it's time. Mm-hmm. Like, we literally have no other options. Get out there. Yeah. And Oscar asks the very appropriate and very sad question of, well, why didn't you deploy him to save me when I was in trouble? And she doesn't know, right? The dramatic irony is she doesn't know that he offered to go save her, yeah. right? It was he, he wanted to. Yeah. yeah. So just just kicking Oscar even more while she's down, you know? Yeah. Didn't they? Don't they try to launch her at first? And like she, her she sink, yeah, her sink rate is so low, she, yeah. they can't even move. She's just a sitting target. Hmm. And so. The, okay, shit gets freaky here because they start to infiltrate Shinji as well, and he starts to like grow little rays out of his fingers and shit, mm-hmm. and that is truly disturbing yeah, to see. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty fucked up imagery there. Yeah, there's a lot of body horror in this particular episode. A lot of morphing that's uh, that's happening, and it's uh, it's frightening. Yeah, because like a an amalgam of all the previous angels comes out of Ray's suit just as a. Mm. It's like almost like a little cockroach-looking combination thing. Mm-hmm. It was reminding yeah, me of the uh, end of uh, Akira a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And the angel becomes a big version of Ray for a minute there and hugs Unit 1, and it's all fucked up looking. Yeah. And then it all gets sucked up into her mm-hmm. in a very pregnancy-looking yeah. type of... Looks mm. pregnant. Yeah. A very fucked up pregnancy, but still. Yeah. More symbolism. Yeah. More foreshadowing. And this is when Rey successfully finally gets to do her thing and make the sacrifice play and self-destructs. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's been trying to we self-destruct got it, folks. forever. Finally yeah. got to do it. And it just fucking blows up. Yep. And Pretty much Saraki is like, let's go send someone to save her. And Ritzko's like, there's nothing to save. <laughs> Pretty much most also, of Tokyo 3 is gone at this point. Yeah. Yep. Gets blown to shit. Yeah. And 
Uh, it's just a funny thing to think about is that both times so far angels have tried to make contact with humans. It has ended in total catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Um, just something to keep in mind. Um, only one angel remains at this point. And Sele is pissed, mm-hmm. as they usually are, and demand a sacrifice, a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> yep. Also, we do see them find uh, Ray's uh, entry plug, and they're like, "Oh, hold on, this is top secret now. Hey, go, go away. Mm-hmm. Don't look at this." Yeah, yeah. But Sele basically wants to see if this, they can make grounds to um, dismiss Gendo. Um. Mm. <laughs> Confound it, we need to dismiss Gendo immediately, post-haste. <laughs> I do Bring declare that Gendo Ikari must be removed <laughs> from this court. <laughs> <laughs> he must recuse. <laughs> um, also, Katsuragi tries to, to to comfort Shinji, and he rejects her. Yeah. And I could... Here's the thing. Here's the thing for you fellas. Do y'all think that she was offering him... Sexual comfort. No, not at all. She's an adult. Yeah. All right, good. Crystallize that thought. Hold it in your head. Oh God. Just keep that. Keep that in mind. Even pin pins. Like I've had it. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> pin pin looks up. Is like he's like you're a mess. Yeah. I, I, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only person who is well held together in this household right now. You know what, man? You're absolutely goddamn right. Pin Pin's the most stable character in Evangelion. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. Nothing bad happens to him. He he's safe for the most part. He's just there, man. It, it, it's the, that's the life. One of my You're favorite moments it. is earlier on in this series when Ben was like, "Are we going to learn more about this penguin?" <laughs> I was like, Ben, do not hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. In in Rebuild 3.0 plus 1.0, Price Upon a Time, we're going to finally get Pin Pin's origin story. The whole oh movie's boy. just by him. Oh, great. oh, great. Oh, okay, perfect. And then we find out that Ray survived. Yay. Yeah. Being literally blown up in the middle of an atomic blast. <laughs> she was the, the epicenter of it and has somehow... So she has like a little patch on her eye and a little, little <laughs> sling holding up her arm. <laughs> Well, hold on, Seth. Remember earlier, Ritz Cohen and, and Katsuragi got blown up, too, and came up with a fucking eye patch and a uh, cast. That is uh-huh. true, but they, to be fair, they were not literally the center of the explosion. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, She goes home. Home. Yeah. She sees the stuff. She takes up Gendo's glasses and is about to break them, but stops. Also, she when she gets there, she reveals that all this stuff is fake anyway. Yeah. She just throws it all off. Like, not even real yeah, bandages. Yeah, yeah. And she's acting uh, very normal, actually. That's not a joke. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much just standard part of the course yeah. Ray behavior. And she does, when Shinji talks to her, and he's like, he thanks her for saving her life, she does say, I don't remember doing that because I'm the third one. Yep. And, is and that Shinji what? asks no questions. No. Sh- show's not subtle. Yeah. It's no. not subtle no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I mean, the name of the episode is Ray 3. So. Yeah. Um... Ritzko turns out to not be such a sacrificial lamb, though she is brought before Sele naked for some reason. Did I yeah. miss the reasoning for this? Uh, no, you do not. There is no reasoning for okay. it. What, what was she taking like a bath, and then it was like an urgent call, <laughs> urgent video call, yeah. like right now, and she's like, "Well, That's fuck, it, okay, all right." 
You got it. <laughs> okay. That's it. Okay. I watched the episode. and I've seen it before. And today I went and looked it up. I was like, is there any info on why this had to happen? Like, is there some weird Shelay bylaw that if you're this whatever, you got to come in naked? No, it just they just interrogate her naked for some reason. And because they're all weird. perverted old men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, they, it, at least there's I imagine they're, they should at least put some pretense into like their bylaws mm-hmm. or something. Like, someone needs to give me a reason here. It was it's strange to this day. I just find it to be one of the strangest scenes in the show. Mm-hmm. I do have a theory on why she is naked, and we'll talk about it in the next episode because okay. or the, in this thing because we'll talk about that. Sailor is just like they're saying, "Hey, you know what? We're going to destroy Tokyo Three. We're just done. We're yeah. gonna blow it up all today." Uh, Ritsuko is locked out of Terminal Dogma. Caught Ragi, just like how she caught Shin, caught Kaji. She catches Ritsuko, and they also bring Shinji along yeah. to see the truth. Mm. We see the failed Evangelians didn't quite make it. He calls it just an Evangelian graveyard. She was just like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That makes it sound too human. This is like yeah. the fucking refuse. Dumping ground or something. And we see the Ray pile. And we find out, actually before both of those, we find out why Ray drinks water out of beakers. Because she she's modeled her apartment after the room she was born in, which was like a fucking laboratory. So she just drinks out of beakers because that's what she's normal. She's used to. But yeah, then we see the vat, the circular vat of rays. Um, and it is Ben. Let me let me inside your head for a second. Okay. What was your what was your reaction when you saw the vat of rays? Uh, well, first off, it's it's already weird to see like an image of Ray smiling, and yes. now you're seeing like a dozens of not of uh, uh, naked Rays just smiling. It's like okay, I feel like I'm on some kind of list now. Once again, this is like yeah. the fifteenth moment in the show where I felt like really uncomfortable about that, but it also kind of uh, confirmed one of my working theories up to this point. Is that like my working theory was like either she's like some kind of she was like genetically modified. Uh, she was made in a lab. If she's a robot or something, it's like no. Basically, she's a clone. She's she's like Snoke. There's a to bring it back again to the Rise of Skywalker. There were a bunch of Snokes. There's a bunch of Rays. <laughs> I built Ray, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it it just kind of confirmed everything. It's like I knew it. Uh, but yeah, just kind of basically finding out that like they would pull like basically they're all like they're all humans with no souls and they like harvest parts from all these different rays and basically the dummy plug is powered by all these different rays. This is like Gendo's ideal image of like uh of an Ava pilot basically that he's kind of concocted and also wait, never mind, I'm not going to say it. they probably talk about this in the later episode, but she's like de- like basically she's derived from like uh, Lilith, I guess. Not Adam, but like Lilith, right? Ben, we're, we're getting there. Okay. All, I, all in due time. I couldn't remember if that was, was talked about in this episode or the next episode. Yeah. She's mainly Yui. And then, yeah, Yui. yeah she's got some extra parts put in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Also got nipples now. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. 14-year-old girl nipples. Y'all, y'all excited to see that? Not necessarily. If I was, like if Ben I, said, this was a one of those you're on a list episodes. If I was 14 years old, yeah, I'd be very excited. I'd be very happy. 
question for you. For I know Seth, you've seen this. Mm-hmm. Ben, did you ever see the original "Let the Right One In"? The original four, like from Sweden or wherever. No. We saw it together, Seth. Remember, we watched a couple times. Yes. Remember the scene in that movie? Yes. When the little girl f- flashes her her private parts or whatever. I don't want to say it to, to the screen, right? It's a live action film, Ben, Ugh. and she fucking woo shows you the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But only for a, only for a second, only for a flash, yeah. right? And I was like, "Oh fuck, I'm on a list now. What the fuck's happening?" Yeah. <laughs> but later on, spoilers, I guess, for this movie, we find out that she's not. I mean, she is a little girl, but she used to be a little boy. And what you saw was the scar of where that thing, where his penis was removed, oh. and all that. So you're not on a list. Okay. It's okay, I guess. Now, okay. So for some reason, it's kind of like a reverse sleepaway camp situation. Yeah. Right. Okay. This always reminds me of that of that scene of being like, whoa, whoa, can we look at this? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, and we find out that Ava's are made from Adam, mm-hmm. and yeah. Adam is a copy of God. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. A- no, sorry. Ava's are humans made from Adam. Yes. Important point to remember. Or Ava's are humans Ava's made are from Adam. Humans. Yeah. A yes. big thing that is revealed that human processes perfectly. Yeah, humans with no souls. And then the souls have to be injected into the Avas. Yes. Uh, and then R- Risco just flushes the Ray clones. Mm-hmm. They fucking disintegrate. They just fucking get torn apart. And it is, I mean, scarring, to say the least, for Shinji. Yeah. And just how callous she is about uh, going about it. She's just like, and now I'm going to destroy them because I hate them. Doop. Yep. <laughs> And they're all giggling while they're disintegrating and like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. And it's, yeah. a, it's a very yeah. weird thing to watch on your television screen. Ostensibly mm-hmm. f- for fun, you know? Yeah. And then Ritzko says that her body means nothing to her. Mm-hmm. Which yep. is a pretty fucked thing to say. And she just says, and like, also, hey, you can go ahead and shoot me, by the way, if you want. She says a very important line, and this is probably one of the most important lines in the whole goddamn thing, which is the tragedy of those obsessed with the Avas. Mm. That is going to become a very important thing to hold on to yeah. for many reasons. But that's the episode, basically. Yeah. And just fucking, she's like, hey, go fucking shoot me in the head, and then the episode fucking ends. Obviously, yeah. she doesn't get shot, but it's kind yeah. of just like, last intimate. Yeah, once again, one of those episodes where it should have felt it felt like it should have been at least maybe two or three more uh because there's a lot of information they're they're cramming in here. Like it kind of felt like the reveal of Ray being a clone could probably have been a cliffhanger for one episode. Uh but yeah, a, a, a lot of information has been dumped in this episode. Yes. And it's, Ben, I'm glad you said that because the next episode makes this one look like it was perfectly plotted out and paced absolutely adequately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what and what another thing I've also noticed is uh every now and again I like watch past the credits because at the end of the ep- each episode they'll have like a little preview and now that we've gotten to this point all the previews at the end of the episode they used to be like fully animated now they're just like rough sketches. Yeah. And I think that just shows that, like, at this point, they're barely finishing the episodes right before they come out. So by this point, do we have a preview for this one? Uh, fuck. Uh, 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 here's my notebook. Just put all that in. <laughs> just show all that real quick. You are surprisingly very close to what actually was happening <clears throat> at Gynax when this whole thing was being done. Yeah. It was, the whole project was falling apart towards the end here. Mm. 
Episode 24. One of the wildest and most breakneck episodes of television you may ever watch in any genre. Yeah. <laughs> um, we go from, you know, we start at the beginning. We, we keep hearing there's, you know, going to be a fifth children. In the episode, we not only meet them, we learn a lot more about them and a lot more about everything else. And then the episode fucking gets even crazier from that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it opens with Asuka reliving her childhood trauma of seeing her mom uh, hang herself. Yeah. Which is, this is the scene I was referencing, which I think I think is the basis for a character in uh, Gideon the Ninth. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is this is the genesis of that character's whole deal. Interesting. Because um, then we learn that she's like Shinji's trying to tell her, "Hey, Kaji's dead," and she refuses to believe it. Yeah. She doesn't want to accept this idea. Yeah. Um, she's having suicidal thoughts. She's in a bathtub in who the fuck knows where. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's just naked in a bathtub. The best I can find is that, uh, there's one summary that just says she's on. Some abandoned house in the outskirts of Tokyo Three. Like the I best ca- guess anybody has. I kind of assumed like maybe it was like the remnants of like her childhood home or something. Like maybe she retreated to something that was at least somewhat familiar. But then again, I don't think anyone that's that's not something that's blatantly said. It could just be a random house. But yeah, yeah, she didn't get she didn't go to Germany. I don't think. Oh, oh yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about that honestly. So yeah. my my whole theory fell apart right there. <laughs> Never mind. But. Yeah, they track her down, and we hear that the fifth children, like Seth said, is coming um, pretty quickly. Uh, Ritzko says to Gendo that she destroyed Ray because her cat died. <laughs> yeah. And this is where we get... You know about the monumental crazy reveals? The fact that Gendo was Ritzko's secret lover, and that she is, like, obsessed with Gendo? Yeah, like, and that, that part had me like, What?! <laughs> then you let this happen to your mom, and you let this happen to you too. He's he's going down the fa- the lineage. He's going down the family tree. It's fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's going down on the family tree. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> She's like, "Why won't you use me like you want like you want to?" And I'm like, "Ritzko, honey, please. Yeah, see a therapist. Yeah, please." But also, this brings in the question. Is is Gendo really laying it in good? Is this like <laughs> is it is it is is there something you know, about this? This is where we probably would could use a feminine perspective on this podcast. Mm. Yeah, it would probably be nice to have someone out there explain the like. Are the writers just making Gendo bang a lot because they want to, or is there something to Gendo that we don't see? You know? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I actually have read some writing on this theory, okay. and the main sort of like feminist take is that Gendo is using sex as power over these women. Uh, they crave validation from men who are powerful, and he is a man who is powerful, and so both uh, Ritzko and her mother were the same way. They had problems with men, and this is their way of trying to claim some power uh, in this whole thing, and that Gendo probably doesn't actually care about them, and is just using them for their minds, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he only loves Yui. That's basically the idea is that Gendo only really loves his wife. He's a wife guy. He's absolutely a wife guy. (laughs) And this is just purely physical, essentially, which is a weird thing, but it makes sense to me, knowing Gendo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad we're at this point, because this is where the episode truly fucking runs with it. Because now we see Shinji, you know, being depressed, watching Sunset. Actually, being one of the less depressed people on the show right now, mm, to be uh-huh. to be completely honest, um, 
And then there, he starts hearing somebody, and he's humming uh, Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Yeah. He hears somebody humming that. Interesting. Yeah. Looks over. Kid immediately gives basically a life, just a monologue. Says, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm Kaoru. By the way, I'm the fifth children. By the way, I know your name is Shinji Ikari. And then it, she, Shinji's just throwing away. He's just, what, 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 what? <laughs> and then he's like, he's like oh you can call me by my first name and she's like yeah i guess you can do the same and mm. the and the guy let's just say looks a little bit like one of the other characters on the show yeah just a little bit looks like ray eyes got red eyes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. red yeah, eyes weird color hair looks a little like ritzko if you ask yeah. me uh, <laughs> but also like the class rep yeah interesting and by the way what happened to class rep we kind of it kind of explains it a little bit here. He basically talks about like like uh, Shinji's friends' uh, homes were destroyed, so they were like moved out. So I assume yeah. this also includes uh, class rep, who has a name, by the way. I've heard it a few times in like the last episode. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I found that interesting. That's cold. Yeah, that's cold. Baby. Yeah, yeah. She has. Tell us she has a name, yeah. but you can't tell us what it she is. She has a name, guy. Well, technically, we all have names. Do you know everybody else's name? <laughs> no. If I was gonna say, hey, that guy has a name, and it's I can't remember right now, but he has one. <laughs> it's, I, hold H- it's Hikari. Yeah, Hikari. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Also, Cowro. Uh, we were gonna say his name, Cowro. Uh, yeah. Just drops the like uh, music is Lillen's the the Lillen's highest cultural achievement, yeah. which is just a wild thing to say. The civilization that Lillen created, mm-hmm. um, and he's just like, yeah. Do you feel the same way, Shinji Ikari? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shinji Ikari, son of Gendo Ikari, mother of Yui Ikari. We we see Katsuragi talking to her new little guy Hugo, um, one of the goon squad, and they're talking about um, the fact that Kaoru's history has been de- deleted. Mm-hmm. He has no records whatsoever. He's just here now, and he's the fifth children. They put him yeah. in unit two. He can sync perfectly, no problems. He's all good, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep, high, highest secrets they've seen. Um, yep, absolutely phenomenal specimen. Came out of nowhere. No one knew he was. You know, this was gonna be the guy. It's uh, all a little too convenient, if you would say. Mm-hmm. We see Shinji chilling, listening to his headphones. But this time, it's not his music. It's the Ode to Joy he's listening to this time. Yeah. yeah. Because we got to keep oh, doing it. One mm-hmm. thing we should mention is that the um, the Magi can't even come up with information on Kaoru, mm. um, which is uh, scary to think about. And if Ritsuko's mom divided into three parts can't come up with it, who the fuck even knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has red eyes. He even talked to Ray. He's like, hey, we're the same, actually. You know, you know, yeah. think about that. And even Ray is kind of like, dude, you're a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that that face that she has when uh, that she has when he's talking to her was like, who who the fuck are you? Yeah. So after this, Calro talks to Shinji and says, "Hey, let's take a bath together," and they do. Mm-hmm. And I need you boys to know something real fast. Okay. This is not that unusual in Japan, especially where Anno is from in the countryside. Public baths were a very common thing, and people did it all the time. It was yeah. not considered weird. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Okay. But the hand touching is a little bit interesting. That usually doesn't come with the package, I guess. Yeah. And so we have to talk about this real fast. 
endless reams of digital paper have been printed debating this question of is this shit gay? <laughs> um, and I mean, here's the thing. I and yeah, you can you can make a lot of arguments. It's definitely there's definitely homoerotic, you know, messaging here. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't think it's supposed to be like. It's not you know necessarily positive or negative. It's just like, yeah, this is this has happened, and Shinji is obviously incredibly uncomfortable. Not even maybe because he's you know against gay people, just because he's never experienced. He hasn't even had really girls you know have any any kind of. Uh, feelings for him except for the one time he kissed Asuka and she said it was the worst thing in the world yeah um so oh, she kissed him yeah but yes. well they, they kissed each other technically um but th- yeah he has no idea how to fucking deal with it yeah and, and also and also the fact that uh like earlier when Kataragi tries to comfort him by touching his hand he yanks that shit away but when uh but when uh this kid does it uh like he he actually just lets it sit there uh so I definitely feel like there is a little bit of a homoerotic subtext underneath it because, like, whenever he's interacting with uh, remind uh, was what's the kid's name again? I'm so sorry, Kaoru. Kaoru, sorry, I'm I'm like zero and three with names today. Uh, Kaoru is like talking to him, like he's blushing, but he's also smiling when he's blushing. So I feel like Shinji is still is is figuring some things out because obviously throughout the show we know he is attracted to Asuka and. At least at one point, probably Ray. Uh, yeah. So maybe you know he's at the least bisexual, and maybe he's just trying to figure some things out. But at the same time, once again, these are teenagers going through teenage things, and like he's just figuring out. He's just figuring out, and also like you said, uh, Seth, he's just not used to having any sort of like comfort or affection thrown towards his way. So yeah. I, I, you can definitely, there's a lot of, in this one scene alone, there's definitely enough material to write like a bunch of thesis papers on it. And I spent hours reading those papers <laughs> um, in preparation for this, tracking back statements from people involved in the show. And I won't go the whole way because a lot of it involves things that happen in later stuff. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. The general consensus from Anno and the others is we wanted it to be ambiguous. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people would want to say, like, Americans inserted this into the show um, in the dub and stuff. And I'm like, you can't dub a hand touch, my friend. That's not a thing that happens. They, it's his voices. But they were like, yeah, this is Americans asserting LGBT stuff into it. But no, their, their take pretty much is, how do you want to see it? You know, how do you interpret it? Because it's either way it could be platonic friendship it could be homoerotic who knows it's up to you and i i personally like you ben i choose to believe that there's there's some figuring out stuff happening here that Shinji's going yeah through. and mm-hmm. i have a bit of a one of my side theories is that it might also just be that kaoru is fucking with shinji not yeah. in like a joke way but in like a getting inside of his head way mm-hmm. because later on in the scene he's like shinji's like oh you know it's time to go to bed and no one in their right mind would ever just, you know, then say, oh, together to that. Mm-hmm. Because that's just not, people say go to bed all the time. They don't mean together. But Calvary is like, oh, together. And Shinji is just like, no, no, no. I, we, you know, they have a place for you separately. It's a separate <laughs> thing. We don't, we don't do that together. And I, I just, there's something. Of, and also just Calvary's demeanor is so hard to read anyway. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like he just, he knows things will push Shinji's buttons and is really, yeah. really leaning on that. Yeah. I can see that too. 
And Kaoru even says to Shinji, I like you, you know, yeah. which yeah. again, open to a debate on what he means by like, but you know, and apparently like, in Shinji, different translations, they, they actually use the word love in that case. There are translations yeah. where he says, I love you. And Shinji, by the way, does not know how to respond to this. No. Just like y'all said, he's like, oh, oh uh, and just like we, we end the scene. Yeah. It's like, uh, cool, man. That's, that's sweet. Yep. Thank you. Later. <laughs> Later. I think my mom's calling me. I gotta. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're dead. Yeah, you're, my mom. yeah you're dead, mother Shinji. <laughs> you're like, disappeared, mother. You're disappeared, mother. Yeah, Come sorry. On, ben. Yeah. You're and then he's like, "Oh, sorry, mother. it's my dad." And they're like, "Okay, there's a big, better chance that your mom's calling you, <laughs> Shinji." <laughs> right. It's a better. It's a better chance that Kaji's calling you right now. Than my dad. <laughs> We, we go to a scene of Sele once again debating what to do about Nerve. They think Nerve been subverted by Gendo. We see really? Gendo's hand. How about this, folks? Gendo's hand. Mm-hmm. Got a got an eye hand. Yeah. A li- a li- <laughs> That's not some new Apple device. His hand has an eye in it. He's got a little fetus infused in him, which I'm guessing is the tiny little fetus that was handed to him earlier in the show. That somehow he's yep. like fused with. Oh Ben. ben. Oh Ben. <laughs> you're you're putting putting two and two together over here. Which is weird because I thought at the beginning of the show they called that little thing Adam, but then we actually see Adam. So what's ben, that thing? That is a very, very good thing to pick up on. They did call that thing Adam. And yep. there is a reason for that. <laughs> Which is answered in this episode yep. when we get to oh, it. Oh yeah. Uh, Ray questions once again why she is alive. She Wonders about the connection her and Kaoru, because again, same eyes, same hair type of deal. Um, Katsuragi sadly sends Pin Pin away, which means yep. Pin Pin is going to make it, baby. Yeah, yep. Pin Pin will live. <laughs> we see Kaoru. Pin Pin will Shinji. return in Evangelion in game. Yes, yes. Ooh, woo, woo. Did, you say, did you say Evangelion pin game? Uh, I said end game, <laughs> but pin game would be good. <laughs> Should be pin game. I want that on a shirt. Pin pin fanity what war. If the, the, um, what if me and Ben found out at the end of all the Evangelion shit it was pin pin the whole time? He's the one that sent all the the angels here. He's the one sitting behind a table doing the Gendo pose. <laughs> yep, with his little. No, he's actually fist. on the the, the Castle. He's Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> we were close. We were close. Yep. Uh, so Shinji and Kaoru are sleeping in the same room. Kaoru's coming on a bit strong here, I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, slow it down. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, but then we just cut immediately to Kaoru talking to Sele, straight up, the council, and their little black monoliths are just appearing around him. And he's standing on top of, what the fuck is this statue he's on? Yeah. I was going to point this out. It's it's a it's a weird image because he's on, like, the shore. And there's, like, this a d- destroyed statue that he's standing on with all the monoliths around him. And it's... It's very strange looking. I don't. I, I, I'm with you. I don't quite know what it is. It's like a fucked up looking biblical angel, not bi- yeah. like Christian today. He's got wings and it's like humanoid in shape. But who would have that in Tokyo Three? Why would that even be around? Where Where are you? It's weird. Mm-hmm. But then, like, so much stuff comes out of this conversation. Like they just start info dumping hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea that we find out humanity arose from Lilith and the Black Moon, and Adam came from, or angels came from Adam and the White Moon. Yes. 
I didn't, obviously. These are I didn't I had no idea that uh, Niles Crane was was dating a god this whole time or married to a god this whole time. Uh Ben, I hate to burst your rebel, but Fraser was married to Lilith. Oh my god, you're right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Fraser Niles does have sex with her in one episode of the show. That's right, that's right. But Frasier is... I'm sorry, I got Lilith... Maris. Maris. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I got Lar- Maris and Lilith mixed up. You're right. Wouldn't that's it be on. great if it was at if it was Lilith and Maris because Anna was just a big Frasier fan? <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> no, he just, he just names one of them Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> this is the 17th angel, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Um, and it's just... There's one angel named Eddie that is fucking kills a grammar hate. Just as a side note, for, for a little bit of Frasier question here. Kind of fun to name your kid Lilith, right? Okay. Yeah. But why would you name your kid Lilith? Yeah. Maybe they knew what they were about. Mm-hmm. So we find out that Calro is Adam's soul in a human body, and Adam's body is in Gendo. In his hand. Yes. Mm. That was Adam, like we said. That little fetus was Adam. But Ben, the question still remains before the end of this episode. What the fuck is that thing, then? (laughs) The thing we've been calling Adam this whole time. Uh, Katsuragi is, like, spying on Kauro from, like, forever away. And he he just looks at him and like, yep, what's up, baby? (laughs) Hey, sup? (laughs) She freaks the fuck out. She's just like, okay, she's like, there's no way. He just happened to look this. There's no way, right? <laughs> Just skip right to it. Calro's the final angel. Calro's yeah. the seventeenth angel, and yeah. he takes control of Unit Two and goes to to descend into Terminal Dogma. And when we say takes control of Unit Two, we don't mean he gets into the entry flow. We mean he f- levitates above it and then just kind of tells it what to do with his mind, mm-hmm. and it just starts yeah. moving. Uh, this is Sele putting their plan into motion. Um, Shinji cannot accept that Calro's an angel; doesn't want to hear it. But they deploy unit one yeah. anyway. Masato is like, hey, it's the truth. You gotta go fight him. And so Calro here reveals one of the most important points of Evangelion lore, but the AT fields, the absolute terror field, yep. is the light of the heart, the sacred walls no one can penetrate. And so a, you know, even humans have AT fields. To get right down to the, the nitty-gritty of, of what is going on here, AT fields are what separates humans from each other. It is it is the, the hedgehog dilemma made real. Mm, it is yep. it is this field that makes you you, that separates your soul from all from other souls. And so it is integral to all human beings and angels as well. But they can control their AT fields, whereas we can't. Um, except for children that are selected to be Ava pilots can control AT fields as well. Um, using an angel, which is basically an Ava. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so yeah, this is a huge point of the show to keep in mind. The AT fields are integral to all human beings. Yeah. Yep. They arrive in Terminal Dogma. Unit one, and unit two, kind of have a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those kind of we don't get to see any Avas fight each other really often, so it's it's cool to see just two big biological slash robot beings go at it. Yeah. And even then, there's not really a lot of action either. There's a lot of like struggle, just like 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 test of strength and like just like jabbing the knife the knives into each other. Yeah. There's not like any big Cutting like prog knife with prog knife. Yeah, there's not like any big like Pacific Rim style action scenes here. It's all very 
it's all very not abstract, but it's like if something happened off screen, that's for you to decide. And yeah, unit two tries to grab unit one. Won't let him get. Won't let it get it closer to Kaoru. Hugo and Katsuragi are colluding to like blow the whole goddamn place up yeah. if if Kaoru makes contact. And that's when Kaoru we get the big reveal. Like, oh, first of all, Ray shows up yeah. with her own AT field deployed, yeah. but doesn't come any closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's lurking in the Raptors like she's fucking Batman or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really? The Predator just like Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny to me. Just she's just hang she's and just then, hanging out there <laughs> like Sting and WCW back in the day. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would think she would have Unit Zero with her, but nope, it's just her. Mm-hmm. She's just like, yeah, I'm here. What's up? Um, and we get the, the big reveal here. That thing uh, on that cross this whole time was Lilith, yeah. not Adam. Whoa! <laughs> it's funny because Kaoru kind of does it. He kind of does like a. He's like, oh, oh shit! You're not, you're not Adam. You're Lilith. You guys told me this was Adam. This is Lilith. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> I know. I know Lilith. This is my dog right here. Yeah. So the whole idea here is Angel's going to make contact with Adam to start the third impact, but it's not Adam. It's Lilith. So here's a question for you two: Who's Lilith? What is Lilith's relationship to this whole situation? Do you think? Hmm. Obviously, well, they, uh, obviously, they mentioned Lil- earlier. Obviously, Lilith is some sort of god. I'm guessing, like, I'm guessing, like, in this kind of in this situation, instead of like an Adam and Eve, there's like an Adam and Lilith. I don't know why he wouldn't name her like Eve or something, but I'm guessing like this is one of the other main gods that like like parts of humanity also come from. Well, you know Lilith in the Bible, who she was, right? The name is familiar, but I'm forgetting right now. It's mostly apocryphal, but she was the woman before Eve. There was a prototype for Eve called Lilith, and she's the source of all monsters, basically. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, all, all the bad things came from Lilith, because she was a fucked up... She was not subservient to Adam, and therefore was cast out. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And eventually, her and Cain got together and made all the monsters in the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. That's where the name comes from. She was the actual first first woman, I guess, or whatever. They don't usually teach that in Sunday school. <laughs> no. The cool shit gets left out, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. They should just watch Evangelion in Sunday school. People know a lot more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just play episode 24 of Evangelion, just no context. No, I was going to say, no context. Just throw a, hey, kids, everybody sit down and watch this. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how fucked up you would be if you just got thrown into this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As a child. Uh, uh, getting thrown into the deep end episode 24 <laughs> it only gets worse from here so Shinji grabs Kaoru and Kaoru says go ahead and kill me because I think humanity should live mm-hmm. yeah and this is when you get in my opinion if not the best image of this episode the best image of the series of Shinji in Unit 1 holding Kaoru for a long time, deliberating mm-hmm. on if he can actually take a life which, a couple minutes ago, he believed to be a human life. Mm-hmm. And they linger on the shot. It's Some of it's for budget reasons, but some of it is to really let this moment land. And holy shit, is this one of those images that you just you're, you never forget when you think about this show. Of this huge, monumental Ava holding you know a five-foot-tall man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. 
And also what I really like about this is where earlier in the show where Shinji is faced with these moments where he really has to like test himself and his character of like, I don't know if I can do this or not. There's a lot of self monologuing and, uh, and all that going on in the helmet. You don't see any of that. And I'm sure he was going through a lot of it right there. You don't see it. You don't hear it. You just, you just linger on this image, but you know, behind that helmet is Shinji stressing himself out, trying to figure out what to, what what he's going to do with the situation. So, fun fact: uh, Netflix fucked this scene up um, because originally there was no music; it was silent during the scene. Mm. There was no sound whatsoever, mm. and a lot of people when they watched it originally thought the TV had fucked up somehow or whatever, and they were afraid that folks would think their stream had fucked up because it was nothing. I think it was a bad decision. I liked it better with no sound. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, now that I now that I think about it, the music did cut out at a weird point. It didn't feel like an like the music had come to a natural conclusion. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I want to watch it again, but with no music. I want to see or, or at least put a warning at the beginning of it, like they would like they started doing for The Last Jedi when it was in theaters. Like there's yeah. a moment near the end of this movie where all sound cuts out is complete silent. Nothing's wrong with your theater. This was intentional. They they could add something like that to the beginning and then just fix that. Yeah, and I want to point out that I've been along with the show. I've been watch, I've been reading up on the TV tropes that it goes along with. I love that stuff. So there's um, this image is part of a TV trope called "Leave the camera running." So I clicked on the. The main page, you go to it. Do you guys want to know what the main image for the leave the camera running trope is? Is it this? No. Oh, funny yeah. enough, it's the elevator scene from the last <laughs> episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Is, yeah. that is the poster child for uh, this trope, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that two of the best examples both come from the same show within two epi- within one episode of each other. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, after a long time, Shinji, she, he crushes Kaoru. Kaoru's head comes off yep, and falls, falls into the right sea into of LCL. The, mm-hmm. the fluid. Um, also, by the way, you should mention Lilith was a source of all, all LCL. Um, pretty fucked up to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just cut to Shinji on the shore, uh, depressed yeah, in about sorrow. this. He tells Katsuragi that, that uh, Kaoru was the first person to make him feel valued. You know, mm-hmm. and loves yeah. in the yeah. world. And he had to kill him. But do you remember how, this, how the episode ends? Um, what Katsuragi says. Yes, she says, I, I thought I had it written down. One second. She tells him that the people, only those with the will to live get to survive. And that he his wish to die, therefore gave up his survival and she chose a false hope instead. And that he did, that Shinji did nothing wrong by killing him. Mm-hmm. And Shinji's just like, and what, how can you be so cruel? Yeah. His, his words are, that's cold, Miss Masato. Yeah. <laughs> In. In credits. Uh. There are <laughs> so two episodes left mm-hmm. in the, well, the original run of the Evangelion television yeah. show. Ben, how are you feeling? It, do you have, if, if at all, any thoughts of what might happen in these next episodes um well what's going on 
Well, first off, like before we move on, that last line, it kind of makes me laugh because an unknown, like uh, we're going to get back into wrestling here just real quick. Uh, Back when the character of Stone Cold Steve Austin was being developed in early 96 or so, one of his prototype uh, taglines or uh, catchphrases uh, would he would say something? He would say something cruel, and then the person interviewing would go be like, "Austin, that's cold." It's like, "Nah, that's stone cold." <laughs> so in your fan, your fan canon, she says that next. Yeah, it's like, "Nah, that's stone cold." In credits. <laughs> Obviously, we can see how that why that one didn't take off. Uh, but that was like one of the prototype lines that they were working on for a bit. So that could, uh, that I was I would say that's actually that's that's, that's gold. Yeah, it's stone it's gold. Stone gold. <laughs> nah, son, that's stone gold right there. Uh, can you give me a heck yeah? Um, but yeah, uh, I love this. I'm loving every second of this. This is fine. The show. Not saying it wasn't great already, but it's really starting to live up to everything that I've heard. About this show, uh, well, not starting to. It is. It this is that show that everyone has been telling me about for the longest time, and it's uh, it's fantastic at this point. Even though at this point, you know, they were rushed for time. Uh, I can see why Ano probably wouldn't be satisfied with this, but I still think that even when they're pressed for time, they still manage to create a great product here, and. Uh, all I basically know about these final two episodes is that basically people did not like how it went, so the movie was made, but I don't know if it's because, like, if it was a budget thing that he just wasn't able to make what he wanted at the time, so he made the movie to counteract with that, or if the movie was, like, a result of the backlash and everything. All I know is, I don't know what's in these next two episodes, all I know is something to do with budget and people did not like it at the time that's all, that's all i really know that all i know it's controversial that that's what that's what i'm hearing so i'm excited to see in what fashion is this controversial i will say the reaction was very intense i will mm-hmm. say the first thing i ever saw from evangelion thanks to smith was the last two minutes of the last episode <laughs> And I'll just tell you, Ben, that when I watched those last two minutes of the last episode, and then I went and watched the show, I could not believe they were part of the same product. <laughs> so I just want you to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but another the reaction to this was genuine for most people, that how crazy and different it was. Mm-hmm. Another thing I noticed is, once again, at the end of this episode, with the preview for the next episode... Uh, Once again, it's like rough drawings and everything. But what's weird is I don't know much about the end of Evangelion, but I've seen like some stills here and there. And some of what I was seeing in like the rough sketches uh, and the previews and stuff looked like it came from the movie. Like it looked like they were leading up to the movie. So I'm guessing whatever he had planned for these next few episodes obviously did not get used for these two and were end- ended up being used for the movie instead. But once again, I don't really know any of the context behind it. But... You know, I'm interested to finally see after what feels like how long has this been going on for like a month and a half, half or so to, fi- yeah. to finally watch these next two episodes. Yeah, something to keep in mind is when they were making this show, the first core had happened already and it was a fucking hit. And they don't anticipate it being a hit and the fan base being so large. And so the second core comes along 
and the money and the time start to run out and that creates a lot of interesting things that happen. They did not know it was going to be the phenomenon that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Also the first core, the first 13 episodes are very different from the the next 13. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So that also created some interesting tension with people. It was a very traditional mech anime show until the second half where it's like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got Ben's take. Yeah. We're, we're leading up to what I've been most excited about since we started doing this stuff. Um, getting Ben's real raw reaction to the last episodes of Evangelion. And mm. yeah. There's still a lot more after that for us to go over, and I'm actually because st- stuff I haven't seen, uh, a lot of it, right, stuff I, I haven't can't seen. Wait, so I'm I'm very excited for that too. Yeah, I'm, and I haven't watched EOE in like ten years, so I'm really excited to watch it again. Yeah, like I haven't like what I'm interested in like the revisited movies. I want to see like what angle they take because I've seen I see characters on the poster for this movie I have not seen in this show, so I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like especially like Kiru. Like not not Kairu. What what what? Kauru. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Caillou. Yeah, yeah, Caillou. <laughs> that Canadian, yeah. little little bald Canadian kid. Yeah, the little bald motherfucker. Uh, but like I I've been seeing images of this kid all the uh, like all over and up until the last few episodes. I'm like we only got like four episodes left. Like I thought this was a big character. Where the hell is he? And he doesn't show up until now. I was like, oh, that explains it. But yeah, I'm interested to see where those go. Because I'm starting to feel like they aren't like straight retellings of the of the show, but in movie form. So I'm interested to get to those, honestly. But also the end of Evangelion because of how critically acclaimed it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. All in due time, mm-hmm. we will get to that stuff. But we, we got to get it. We got to do this next one. Yeah. It, yep. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. All right, folks. Well. This has been the Illennials Podcast. I am Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find the things that I write on instinct-chatter.io. And I'm Ben. You can find me on almost any social media at the Ben Powell. Follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Ben Powell. You can lead um, a, a Shinji to the, the sea of LCL, but you can't make him put your head in it. Fuck Seelay. Uh, we have stopped trying to uh, understand the contents of the human heart and us trying to merge with it. And from my AT field to the AT fields in your home. <laughs> this has been the Lilo's Podcast, baby. We're out. Bye. out. Stop invading my heart. <laughs>